Ephesians chapter 6. If you go to Ephesians chapter 6 and start at verse 10 and read through and including verse 20, you will find these words. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Stand. Stand. This, this year, the theme for the year is taken from the 13th verse of this text where Paul writes to the Ephesians, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, having done all, Having done all to stand. After much prayer and, and deliberation, I centered upon this theme for a, a number of reasons. One that you may not be aware of, 2020 marks the 60th anniversary for the Maple Avenue Church of Christ. Dr. Cardi Harper planted this work in December of 1960, and this would rep, this would bring us out to our 60th year, and and as a church, we have stood, we have stood through ups and downs, stood through joy and pain, sunshine and rain. We've stood through successes and failures. We've stood through births, deaths. Weddings, splits, baptisms, 
conquests and controversies. For 60 years, this church has stood. And I decided to encourage us this year to stand. When things get out of order, stand. When Satan tries to stop you, stand. For 60 years, we've already stood with the help of the Lord. 2020, we're going to stand. The message in the text to the Ephesians is preparedness. Putting on the armor of God prepares the Christian. It's a defense against all enemies. But our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness. And since our battle is a spiritual one, our victory that we're seeking is a spiritual victory. Since our battle is a spiritual one, we're fighting against a spiritual enemy, and that can only be won by using spiritual weapons. We need spiritual victories because we are tasked with being spiritual individuals. The Bible exhorts us to be guided by the Spirit, to walk by the Spirit, exhibit the fruit of the Spirit, and to worship God in spirit and in truth. It's a spiritual battle. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, the rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. In that section, Paul is referring to the influence of Satan in the world. You do believe there is a devil, don't you? And, and, and you do believe that he exerts a, a certain amount of influence. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How else can man do all the evil things that he does? Uh-huh. How else can we rebel against the Holy Spirit of God? Uh-huh. Satan has influence. Yes, uh-huh. How else could man do all the evil things he does? How can he live such a depraved lifestyle where everything goes and there's no rules? Uh-huh. Because Satan has influence. He's not going to grab you by the collar and make you do anything, but he will draw you with three of his favorite tools. Lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. He's been using so long, he's good at it. He knows when to put something before your face. He knows when to plant something on your mind. He knows when to to make everybody go the wrong way and make you feel like you left out so you got to go that way too. He knows how to do his thing. He's real and he has real power. He works on the flesh and plants seeds of destruction to draw us away from God. See, if we could see him, we could avoid him. If, if, If he wore a red suit, with a long tail and a pitchfork. When we saw him coming this way, we could go the other way. But Satan don't come like that. He doesn't influence like that. See, he come, he come in a way that you may not recognize. See, he, he, he come, he come with, with beige dresses on. Sometimes he wears 
Gray suits. Sometimes he might come with a, a stripy tie. He, he don't like black suits too much, so, so he don't come in black suit. Y'all, y'all, y'all missed that, man. But, but, but Satan, Satan is not something we can see. This is a spiritual battle. Y'all follow what I'm saying? When, when, when I was younger, growing up in these streets around here, the street gangs was battling with each other. And because I was in school with a lot of them, I knew who was who. And so if I'm out and I saw somebody coming this way, I would go that way. If I saw a crowd around the corner on this corner, I lived on Van Buren. I'd go down Gladys, go all the way over to Kilpatrick, come back up to Van Buren, and come. Why? Because I, I, I want to avoid. Y'all see what I'm talking about? But Satan is not visible. We can't see him. And so we have to fight him with spiritual weapons. Now, this letter was written from a Roman prison. And it seems that the apostle may have taken some influence from the Roman prison guard that was guarding him. He would have had on his armor. He would have had his sword and his shield. He would have been armed for physical warfare. So, so the writer took those cues and likened them to our offensive and defensive armaments. The guarding soldier was prepared for battle. So Paul speaks twice in our text about the responsibility of being prepared. In verse number 11, he says, put on the whole armor of God. In verse number 13, he says, take unto you the whole armor of God. The armor is provided by God. It will be effective because it came from God. This is not the armor of the Roman army. This is not the armor of a friend or a foe. It's the armor of God. It relies on the power of God and not our own power. The reality is we don't have any power at all, but Jesus has all power. Satan is more powerful than us, but Jesus is more powerful than him. And so Paul tells him to put on the whole armor of God. It's the armor of God. And if God is who we believe he is, Anything from God is a benefit to us. There's benefit in the word of God. There's benefit from the peace of God. There's benefit from the spirit of God. There's salvation in the church of God. There's hope from the promises of God. We got forgiveness from the son of God. Our aim is to do the will of God. We are in desperate need of the mercy of God. Our Savior sits at the right hand of God. And we are delivered by the hand of God. Jesus introduced the kingdom of God. All the things from God are a benefit to me. So I also need to take on the whole armor of God. Paul shows 
the worth of the armor, the quality of the armor, the effectiveness of the armor, the importance of the armor, and our need for the armor by calling it the armor of God. He also says, take the whole armor of God. Each piece has a purpose. So each piece is necessary. He does not advocate taking some of the armor, but twice for emphasis, he says, take the whole armor of God. The armor is available. The armor is effective. The armor is within reach. But the armor will not help us if we do not put it on. Medicine in the bottle won't help you if you don't take it. A warm coat in the closet ain't going to help you if you don't put it on. The armor of God is in the word of God, but armor in the Bible don't help you unless you put it armor in your app on your device. It's not going to help you if you don't put it on. So Paul twice tells the Ephesians, take unto you and put on the whole armor of God. Once we have donned the whole armor of God, we'll be able to withstand in the evil day. The evil day is the day you are attacked. It's not some mystical moment in future. It's whenever Satan shows up in your vicinity. That's your evil day. The day when you are assaulted. The day you are attacked. The day evil is thrust upon you. Anybody ever seen it? They had a day like that? There are times that the influence of the devil touches all of us. Because of this, all are admonished to put on the armor of God. Truth, righteousness, the gospel, faith, our salvation, the word of God and prayer are things that the spirit provides. You can't go down to the gun shop and get some spiritual weapons. Amen. You can't buy a knife big enough to win a spiritual battle. Paul, Paul, Paul is, is, is warning the Ephesians to get ready. Prepare yourself. And he's not speaking from hearsay. Paul is talking from experience. Y'all remember Romans 7 and one, seven, seven and, 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 and 21? He said that when I would do good. He's like, I know what you're dealing with. How you know Paul? Because it's dealing with me. You got to get ready and be prepared. Isn't that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's, 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 it's sad that we know that about so many other aspects of our life, but don't really ascribe it to our spiritual life. Isn't that right? When you, when, 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 when you, when you taking your lunch to work the night before, you figuring out what I'm going to take in my lunch basket, right? And what I'm going to wear. And is it going to snow tonight? I might have to leave a little early to clean the car. Y'all know what I'm talking about? We get prepared. When you woke up this morning, you say, okay, I'm going to church. I'm not going to put my gym clothes on. I hope nobody ain't got their gym clothes on. Y'all follow what I'm talking about? 
get ready to go on vacation, you check your, your reservations, you check your time, you check your flight, you check your money, you check your hotel, you check your rental car, did it right? Where we gonna eat, what we gonna do when we get there, you get prepared for that. Even if you ain't gonna do nothing but sit by the beach, you gotta make sure you put your swimming trunks in the, in the bag, is that right? We prepare for everything. And Paul's message to the Ephesians is get ready. Prepare. Because the devil is out there. He also implies that we will need to stand continually. That one victory will not vanquish the foe. We need to be prepared at all times. He speaks about being able to withstand the evil day. If the attack catches you unprepared, you cannot stand. We fail when we try to do things our way instead of doing it God's way. The wise man wrote in Proverbs 3 and 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. He I need the Lord to direct my paths because when I'm driving I go off the road I get in the wrong lane I'm going too slow I'm going too fast. I need the Lord to do the directing and I hope I hope when the Lord starts directing that we listen better and we do to our GPSs. Right. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. GPS will tell you turn left. And if you don't turn left, man, man got a little ring thing to tell you you didn't do what I just asked you. If it say turn left and I kept straight, it'll go. That means it's rerouting. I'm trying to get you to your destination, but you ain't going the right way. So now I got to figure out a different route based on where you are. And y'all understand what I'm talking about? And, I, and I'm looking and say, I, I'm supposed to turn on 13th Avenue, but I didn't see 13th Avenue. It said, turn left on 13th Avenue. I'm like, where's it at? Where's it at? You missed it. Go 800 feet and turn around. Make a U-turn. I come back the other way. Now I got to turn right on 13th Avenue. But I still don't see the sign. Every time I hear that sign, I hit the steering wheel. Like, doggone it. I know where I'm supposed to go, but I can't find it. And I'm going and going. And, and, and so when God gives us direction, too bad we didn't want to have a, a beeper thing. That every time you start going away from the will of God, you hear. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all, y'all don't like this. Let me, let me get on that. When you trust in the Lord and use the whole armor of God, you are not leaning on your own understanding. It's important to stand, but it's equally important. To know where you should stand. The promises of God are to his children. The obedient 
the baptized believers in Christ. Uh -huh. There are too many in the religious world who think they're standing in Christ, but they are not standing according to the scriptures. Right. And you know what bothers me is the people in the denominational world want to take our scriptures to justify them. I like to tell them you're reading somebody else's mail. See, God didn't write that to you. When Paul wrote to the Corinthians, he wasn't writing to the world. He was writing to the church. When Paul wrote to the Galatians, he wasn't writing to the world. He was writing to the church. When he wrote Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, he was writing to Christians. And so now every time somebody who's not in the church start quoting scriptures, telling me what they're doing and what, how they justify, I just, hey, you reading somebody else's mail. That wasn't written to you. What was written to you was Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. After that, it's written to us. That's our mail. Y'all follow what I'm saying? See, it, it, it's, it's if I, I come by one of y'all's house and, and I sit down at the table and, and your mail came and, 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 in, and in, the, in the mail was a check. It didn't have my name on it. But I like checks. Y'all like checks? Yeah. Check is good. So if I, if I see a check on your table... I can't say, hey, look what I got. That's not written to you, Walker. Y'all get what I'm talking about? And so the world has gone out and taken our scriptures and justified themselves. If you're not a member of the church of Christ, you ain't in the church. If you have not been baptized and added to the body of Christ, you are not a Christian. I don't care what you call yourself. And so you need to know where to stand. Don't stand out there just because you like how they do things. Y'all follow what I'm talking about? See, they, see what they want to do? They want to make the universal church different than the local church. See, they want to say, we all God's children. We all churches of Christ. We all Christians. That's the universal church. But then on Sunday morning, the local churches meet in different places. Y'all get, get the distinction I'm trying to show you? And so they, so they mix it up. But what, what they don't recognize is that the local church is part of the universal church. It's the same as the universal church. Old preacher did it. Old preacher told it like this. He said, when you make a chocolate cake, Y'all, y'all, y'all cooks, help me out. Uh -huh. You put some milk uh -huh. and some butter uh -huh. and some eggs yeah. and some flour yeah. and some sugar uh -huh. and little vanilla extract. Yeah. Am I close? Yeah. And so if I made a cake yeah. Yeah. and I sliced that cake uh -huh. and I gave you a piece yes, and I gave you a piece yes, and I gave you a piece your cake will have the same thing his cake, his cake got. If your cake got some eggs in it, his cake got some eggs in it. Your slice got some sugar in it, 
His slice got some sugar in it. But when you look at these local churches around here, some got this, some got that, some got the other, some don't know what they got. So just standing is not enough. You got to know where you stand. The Bible still says there is one Lord and one faith and one baptism and one God and one Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. The Bible still says upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm wondering, the first denomination didn't show up to almost 600 years after the church of Christ. How was folk getting saved before then? They wasn't sitting around waiting for the Catholic Church to come on the scene. Folk were being saved. So if they were being saved before the Catholic Church came, what's the need of? Y'all ain't gonna help me at all. Y'all follow what I'm talking about? Who are you to change stuff up? Well, you know we all reading the same Bible. Yeah, we reading the same Bible. But we ain't getting the same message. You get a different message. Because according to the logic of these denominations, that I could go out today and start me a, a, a walker sect. We ain't Baptist. We ain't Catholic. We ain't Church of God in Christ. We walkers. I can get me a building. I can get my 501c3. I can put my sign up and say the walkers meet here. And according to their logic, all the walkers is going to heaven too. Because that's exactly what happened. Somebody decided I don't want to stay with this group no more. I'm going to come make my own group. And if I call myself a Christian and if I use y'all's Bible, then we going to heaven too. Standing is not enough. You got to know where you're supposed to be standing. If you're not standing in the kingdom of God's dear son, you ain't going to be standing before the judgment. He's going to cast you away. If you're not standing in the Bible church, it's a dangerous misconception. Those who are not in the church of Christ, they get a false sense of security. They believe that we all serve in the same God. We all believe in the same Jesus and all headed for the same heaven. But they don't read their Bible because there's some stuff God ain't going to take. Y'all, y'all remember Cain and Abel? They both brought their worship to God. One God accepted and one he rejected. God is not going to just take everything just because you give it to him in the name of Jesus. Christ built the church and put everything in it that was needed on the day of Pentecost. Some folk ignore the existence of three in the Godhead. They think God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is all one entity. 
Some ignore the actual operation of the Holy Spirit and claim it made you jump up on the communion table and fall down and foam out the mouth. Some, some, some got things so mixed up they don't know what to believe. Go to the church of your choice. Now you can bank at the bank of your choice, but you can't go to the church of your choice. Yeah, and and what they what they fail to say is, and then when you get tired of them, choose another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just standing is not enough. You got to know where to stand. According to the Bible, there's only one church. That church is his body. That church is his bride. That church wears his name. That church has him as the head. That church is bound by the Bible, supported by the Bible, guided by the Bible, adheres to the Bible, and is found written in the Bible. That church is the church of Christ. According to scripture, salvation is only in the church of Christ. Redemption is only in the church of Christ. The Holy Spirit is only given to the church of Christ. The grace of God, the hope of God, the glory of God, justification, sanctification, spiritual blessings, the promises of God, all are only in the church of Christ. So I know some staunch Baptists and some staunch Methodists and some died in the wool church of God in Christ. They standing all right, but they ain't standing in the right place. All of this speaks to us being prepared. The context of our text is not about progress. They're not marching. Paul says stand. Take on you the whole arm of God. And once you do that, stand. It's talking about being prepared. In verse number 13, he concludes that after you have done all, after you have taken the whole arm of God, after you have made all your preparations, all that you, after you've done all that you need to do, then stand. Throughout Paul's writings, he emphasizes the position of the child of God. And that position, he's standing. He ain't running. He's standing. He's not wallowing in his misery. He's standing. He's standing in God's grace. Standing on his promises. Standing in the faith. He's standing fast. He's standing on his word. Standing in the gospel uh, standing confidently uh, he's standing in hope uh, standing in his protection uh, standing in his provision uh, standing assured uh, standing in his kingdom uh, I got my armor so I can stand uh, Satan can't stop me cause I'm gonna keep standing uh, so my plea to you today and the rest of this year 
is to stand. Stand as the church of Christ. Stand as his body. Stand as his bride. Stand because he's coming back. Stand because you ain't standing alone. Stand even if there is a storm. You might get wounded, but stand. You may get attacked, but stand. Folk might not want to hear you, but stand. Stand, Paul said, after you've done all you're supposed to do. We done stood for 60 years throughout all kinds of attacks from outward and inward. But we're going to stand because we're going to put on the whole arm of God. We're going to prepare ourselves to fight this spiritual battle. It touches all of us and we all need to get ready. Get ready because Satan desires to have you. Get ready because the days are full of evil. Get ready because Satan ain't resting yet. See, he knows the end of the story. He knows where he's going. He just want to take as many of us with him as he can go. He's the ultimate suicide bomber. I know I'm going to die, but some of y'all going to die with me. And so he'll try to get all of you to follow him. Paul said, don't do it. If you put on the armor of God, then you can stand. You can't stand on your own. Sometimes life just hits you square between the eyes. Have you dazed and confused? Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's just like, oh, my Lord, now what? What am I going to do now? But Paul said you are able to stand. So we're going to be emphasizing that all year long. Stand. I'm standing in his grace. What do that mean? Standing on his promises. I'm standing in his kingdom. Anybody here? Not a member of the church that Jesus built. Anybody here? Not a member of the church of Christ. The church that's in the Bible. Then you need to be saved. Well, Brother Walker, I've already been baptized. Well, you know what? If you were added to the wrong thing, you need to start all over again. Because when you're baptized right the Lord adds you to his church. And that, that what the Bible says? The Lord adds you to his church. And God don't make no mistakes. So if you got added to a denomination, the Lord didn't have no part in that. Y'all hear what I'm saying? And so now it's time for you to get right with God. And they praise God and had favor with all the people the Lord added. The Lord does the adding. And that's the good thing about it because we could get confused. Sometimes we can think we're right and find out later that we weren't right. Anybody ever been there? Yes, sir. I swore up and down that was the way. By the time I was really uh, enlightened, I realized I was wrong. Any of y'all ever been wrong here? Yeah. So, 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 so he didn't leave it to us. He said, that's all right. I'll do it. I'll do the adding. Yes, sir. He'll add you to his church. Yeah. Don't you want to be in his church? See, the Bible said he's coming back. Uh-huh. Coming back for his own. Uh-huh. He ain't going to take no stray kids. That's right. yes, Only those who are in the family. Right. Isn't that all right? Yes, sir. And you can be born into the family today That's right. by believing that yeah. Jesus is the Christ, the son of the yeah. living God. Yeah. By repenting, changing your lifestyle, changing your mind about your lifestyle. See, sometimes folk get it quick. Well, you know, I can't just stop doing whatever, just just stop. I know, 
But if you change your mind, you do that less and less and less as you grow and grow and grow. I'm glad. I'm glad God is long suffering. Amen. Because all of us is work in progress, right? Some of us, some of us started down here and grew to here. And grew to here, and grew to here, and we're still growing. Sadly, the real deal is, some started down here, and they still down there. It, it, it requires a change of mind. I want to please God. Do you want to please God? You want to please God, then you will come to be baptized. That's what repentance is about. Then you confess that I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Yes, sir. And we'll baptize you in water for the forgiveness of your sins. Yes, sir. And if you're already in the body and you have not been standing armed with the armor of God, you ought to let the church pray for you. Verses 19 and 20, Paul say, pray, praying always for, with all supplication for the saints. And oh, yes, and me too. Pray for me too. So that when I open my mouth, I can speak boldly. Pray for me too. So I'll know what to say when it's time for me to say it. Paul said, don't just pray for our brothers and sisters. Pray for me too. Amen. Prayer is part of my armor. Y'all follow what I'm saying? Yeah, because see, I can fool around, get out there and lose my shield. Then what? Get out there and drop my sword. Get out there and get my helmet knocked off. No, I need prayer to go along with all of this armor that I got. This year, y'all, we're going to stand. Yeah. How we going to stand, preacher? Because we're going to get ready. We're going to be prepared. prepared. Yes, Somebody this evening ought to prepare, this morning ought to prepare to come to Jesus. Yeah. If you need to be saved, y'all to come. If you need prayer, y'all to come.